0: And now it's time for the Tri-State Sports Beat with your hosts Nick Federico, Scott DeBell, and Joe Bruno. Happy Monday, everybody! Another episode of the Tri-State Sports Beat. How we how we doing, everybody? Here at the uh, good old Hamden, Connecticut studios. Here, uh, temporary another temporary home of the Tri-State Sports Beat. We seem to be doing this everywhere. Nick and Scott here today. Hi, pal. How
1: you doing? Hello, Hello. la la la. Hello.
0: How's everybody out there doing? Um. Some of us are doing okay. Some of us are doing better than others, I guess, but uh, doing okay. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. The Knicks, of course, uh, eliminated from the playoffs, five games, done, out, see you later, goodbye. The Nets have advanced to the second round of the NBA playoffs, of course, as we expected. We got the Yankees and a lot of stuff to blame. Uh, a lot of people going around the Bronx there we have to blame a little bit, and then the Mets are doing good things, too, and then we'll get into everything else, too. So, pal, I guess, and I, I mean, I know you hate when we start with the Knicks, but... I feel like we have to. Sure. Because I can't say I'm fully disappointed. I'm upset. I'm not happy at all. But to call the season a failure or anything like that, I'm not going to sit here and do that. But they played like absolute garbage the last three games of the series. 3, 4, and 5, like... Two games in Atlanta, I talked about this last week, and, you know, obviously I want your opinion as well, but the two games in Atlanta, they just didn't show up. There, there was nothing going on there, and then you'd figure game five, they show up, you know, in front of their home crowd. The Garden's been electric all playoff long, and they just, it's more the same as it was in game three and game four. They might as well just play that game three straight games in Atlanta because the home crowd didn't even matter. There were points in the game where they came back a little bit, but... When they were down double digits, when they were down nearly 15, 16, you just knew that this team at this point in the series was not coming back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even really want to say that, like, the regular season caught up to them. Like, the, it wasn't really fatigue. I think the Hawks were just better. They they have more talent. Yeah. They're, they're they're a roster that's built for the modern-day NBA, and the Knicks really aren't that. So you could see Bogdanovich hitting big shots. Trey Young is like a premier NBA point guard, what you look for in today's game. Uh, Clint Capella, John Collins, like they have, I, I think a lot of players on that team that are undervalued and underappreciated based on you know their talent and everything like that. And I think, you know, a lot of Knicks fans thought that, um, you know, the Knicks would win this game in six or win this series in six or seven games. And you know, the Hawks came in, they uh, you know kind of shocked the Knicks in Game One with that buzzer beater from Trey Young. The Knicks bounced back in Game Two, get the win, but then the Hawks, you know, talent. That was, you know, what the Knicks lacked. Just showed up, and uh, you know, it was mainly Troy Young. Troy Young was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on most points. They were def- Atlanta was definitely a more talented team. I thought, me personally, and I don't know if Knicks fans will agree. I thought that they had the better coached. team. Yeah, I team. was going to
1: say that. They, I think Tibbs got out coached the series.
0: Yeah, I and mean, I, yeah, I completely agree. I think you know, game two they bounced back well, but then when they headed to Atlanta, it just all went to shit, and. You know, I thought... I was confident for some reason after losing two straight and was Confident game five, they'd show up and they'd play. But it's obvious that this team is just not... They're not ready to win. Like, if you're a Knicks fan, you thought we were going to the NBA Finals this year. You're delusional as, you know... Scott would proclaim all Knicks fans. Most Knicks fans are delusional. But... Yeah, I mean, we knew from the beginning this team was not supposed to be where they were, where they ended up in the first round of the NBA playoffs. They didn't even be in, in the playoffs. They even be considered for the NBA playoffs this year. They doubled their win total, what they were supposed to do. But the reason the Knicks are still, well, a big reason the Knicks are still not, you know, competing with Atlanta right now and still not, haven't forced a game six or game seven is because their big star didn't show up when they needed them to. And that frustrates me more than anything. We could say Tibbs got out outcoached, yes. But Julius Randle came into this series um, being one of the top, one of the most surprising players all season long. And he had the whole weight of the Knicks on his shoulders all year long. He answered the call. The Knicks had their backs against the wall at some points in the season trying to avoid, you know, the play-in scenario. They did that successfully. And Julius Randle had a career year. But when it show when they needed him the most, he just didn't show up. You know, average. You know, the eighteen points a game, the shooting thirty three percent from three, the shooting twenty nine point eight percent from the field. That doesn't get it done. And I said it multiple times. I said it for two weeks now. Ever since the Knicks started the playoffs, your big stars need to show up. The NBA is a star driven league. We all know this. It's all it's all simple, but. When your big star does not show up and you have to rely on a guy like Derek Rose, who's 32 years old, and he's a bench player at best at this point in his career, and you got to rely on other guys that are, you know, middle-of-the-road good role players to get the job done when your 26-year-old quote-unquote superstar we will see what happens next year when he goes into a contract year, what Julius Randle will be, but to rely on a 20-year-old R.J. Barrett still developing and then a bunch of role players... They needed Julius Randle to show up in the biggest way and he just didn't do it.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think that's the biggest talking point of the series is the the lack of production that Julius Randle had and I think it opened up a lot of Knicks fans' eyes. You know, I think I find it kind of funny that Knicks fans before the series were like, "Oh yeah, let's sign Julius to a max contract that's going to tie down for the future." You know, I'm he's st- To
0: me honestly, I'm still okay with I'm still like not super max Giannis money. I'm still okay with signing well, him to a contract.
1: Well, yeah. But it, I think, you know, it would have to be something that makes sense for the Knicks. I think he showed this series, like, I don't even know if he's a number two on a championship team. I
0: think he could be. I, well, I mean, we've got to see it over a couple years. But As far as this year goes, I think he's a number. I think if the Knicks are, let's just say he stays on the, let's say the Knicks get a contract done with him. Let's just say. They get another star in here. It's not going to be Damian Lillard. It's not going to be, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear that. Any big star, just on the trade front, any big star you're going to trade for, you're going to have to
1: trade probably like RJ quickly, Toppin, top right? Like maybe Mitchell Robinson, like the entire franchise you're going to have to trade. Right,
0: your future. And I don't think the Knicks are in a position to be doing that. But, and
1: they don't really have extra draft picks to trade either. No,
0: they don't. I mean, they have two draft picks this year, but I mean, you get guys with that. I don't know what this draft is like. Uh, we're not NBA draft people, but. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think Julius proved that he can be a two on a good team. Did he? I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, he was horrible as far as far as this. But you have to look at. I'm, I know it's hard to look at, you know, the regular season how good he was, and then look at the playoffs and be like, "What the hell was that?" But you kind of you have to look at it as a whole.
1: But the regular season, more in any more than any other major sport in yeah, like NBA, in this yeah, country, the, the NBA, the regular season down. doesn't
0: mean anything. It doesn't. It's watered down. But it, you do have to take into account that. From what he was yeah. to oh, now yeah. what he's become. You can't or, deny uh, his
1: improvement. Correct.
0: So you that I think you have to consider that. That's why know, he won largely. most improved player. Correct, correct. And
1: that was fully deserved.
0: Yeah, but can, that's my biggest question now. Now that the Knicks are now in the offseason, what's the plan here? Uh, they've been rumored to really see. Like, they've already reached out to the Trailblazers about Damian Lillard. Like, they've, they've already been like, hey, you know, we're interested. Like, uh, we know he's... You know, he's not very happy there in Portland. He's not going to get the head coach he wants already. We already know that. But I just don't see, I just don't think it's smart. If Damian Lowe's a free agent, then you absolutely throw the bag at him. And then that's it. I mean, maybe if he's on an expiring contract, maybe think about that too. Still but he still, still, yeah, still has four years on a contract. I think that's silly, especially for what you just said that the Knicks are probably going to have to give up. And I totally agree with you. It's going to have to be young players and draft picks. It's probably gonna have to involve RJ, Mitchell Robinson, and guys you guys that Knicks fans actually really like and don't and actually kinda see a future here with a little bit. But And just just
1: one more thing. Oh, yeah. Knicks fans are like, Oh yes, so much so much more of a likable team. It's homegrown. You know, we drafted these I guys. Agree. If you trade for a star, there's no more homegrown team.
0: For the most part, yeah. Like But at that point you kind of do what you gotta do to make the team better.
1: Exactly well, yeah, but Knicks fans, you know. God forbid the Nets do.
0: Listen, it. I like that it's a homegrown team. I yeah. compared, I mean, compared to the, you know, the 2013 team with Melo, Tyson Chandler, those guys weren't weren't built in Nick. They weren't homegrown Knicks. So that's why they're kind of that's why I think I agree that they're kind of they're more likable this oh, year. Yeah. I mean
1: like look at like when Yankees prospects come through, Correct. like Judge because he came through the farm system of mm-hmm. the Yankees, you know, that already gives him a one up. Right. I I completely agree homegrown teams are you know, much you more know all likable. About that. You
0: know all about that. Yeah. Like but you know, I, again... But well, it's a star-driven league. It it's is. a star-driven league, and stars win There's championships.
1: Like, what, 10 to 15 players like that who can make a, like a legitimate difference... And if that. Lead, yeah, and lead a team to a championship, and the Knicks don't have any of them. No. Not even close.
0: See, that's the thing that I, I'm coming back to now in the beginning of the season, where um, Thibodeau was talking about, you know, we're kind of disappointed that we didn't get a star. But my argument was you could develop one. And look at what Julius Randle has become. Borderline second superstar and you and you know maybe he hasn't even hit his ceiling yet we don't know but i think if you put a guy next to him and you cuz let's be honest like there's going to be a regression like there's no way Julius Randle is going to be on I, I don't think is going to be on pace for the same year and maybe be even better than he was this year i don't think he can handle that load i think he needs help he obviously needs some help Julius is not a guy obviously we've now seen it this year that can't carry a team to a championship it's just it's just that's how it is but I think they need to get another guy in. I'm all for go go out and go get Lonzo Ball. I'm all I'm all for that. I don't want to touch Jen, Dennis Schroeder. Don't want to don't even entertain it. Don't even touch it. Don't even call him. Don't even do it. Give me Lonzo Ball, a playmaking guard who can score and facilitate because of the, that's what the Knicks need. They need a true point guard. I love what I see from Emmanuel Quickly, right? But he's not going to be a pure, you know, five to a point guard. Whatever. Whatever you want. Whatever tool point guard you want to say. He's not, he's not, he doesn't look like a great passer. He's a spot up shooter. He's going to be a shoot. He's going to be a small shooting guard in this league, I think. But they need a pure point guard. Derrick Rose is 32 freaking years old, like I just said. He's not meant to be playing how many minutes he played in the freaking playoffs. He played 35 minutes during the playoffs. Like, you can't expect to get that out of Derrick Rose night in, night out now. Bring him back as a backup. Sure. I'm all about it. But get a pure point guard in here.
1: I think, yeah, I I completely agree. I think, you know, that's the missing piece on this team. Like, does a, does a Bradley Beal really... Like, obviously he helps, but does he get this team over the edge? To, I think, you know... I mean, you do it priority, if he's there. You do pr- it if he's there. Yeah, but priority number one has to be to get a legitimate game-changing point guard mm. on
0: the roster. And I don't think they're in that situation where they can draft one and see what happens. I think they got to go out and get a guy that's proven. See,
1: they had an opportunity to get Tyrese Halliburton. I, I mean, yeah, Obi kind of impressed... This series, I mean, he, what, he had like two games and he scored like 10 points and Knicks yeah. fans were going nuts. Like, yeah, it was something better than what he showed in the regular season. Right. But, like, you know, they passed on Tyrese Halliburton who's had a pretty a pretty good season with the Kings, I believe, he was drafted by. Mm-hmm. That could have been your point guard of the future right there. I
0: don't know. I'm just – I kind of feel like they're going to – because they've now had playoff success – or not success, but they've been in the playoffs. They exceeded expectations. Yeah, I kind, I'm kind of nervous now – because I was very happy with what they did in the offseason and how they're just, you know, building it through, you know, the right way that we keep saying it's the right way. Now I feel like they've seen that playoff success, and part of me is kind of scared that they're going to kind of blow it, like kind of go, hey, you know, we did that. We got some homegrown guys. Now let's package some of these guys up and go get a star. I mean, which could, which honestly, if Julius, like, I think it'll only work if Julius Randle has the season he did or can be a little bit even better. And if R.J. Barrett can actually step up, like, you know, in, in year number three he's going to go into now, if he can step up and be the top five pick that he, that he was. Like seeing, like seeing R.J. Barrett, I'm sorry, but seeing R.J. Barrett put up so many three-pointers when we, we know and it's obvious he's a career 35% three-point shooter, it pains me to see him shoot so many freaking three-pointers and waste away possessions because that's not the player he is when he realizes that he may be a good player
1: yeah so the problem is in the nba a player like him you kind of have to shoot three in today's nba
0: he's just not that guy though uh, that. yeah he, and he never and i don't think he will be if he's not around, if he's not yet i understand he's only 20 but now you're going into your 3rd year in the league and you're still a mid 30s percent three point shooter and we saw it in college you didn't have it in college mm-hmm. like you you know as better as anybody is, yeah. you know but I, I just feel his strength of his game, and we've been harping on it the whole season, is going to the bat. He's a bigger dude, like he's bigger, like borderline shooting guard and uh, and a three, like he's big enough to go body somebody. Get a, maybe get maybe get in the gym a little bit, put some more muscle on him, and go and you know get up a post move, drive to the basket, and you know get a little speed on you and go. Mm-hmm. He's just not a spot up shooter. He's not. That's why Emmanuel quickly is so important to me. I think because he's a guy off the bench that can be a spot up shooter and kind of fill that in there. I don't know. I just I still think R.J. Barrett can be somewhat good, but he's not going to live up to that top three pick, I don't think. Like, he's definitely not Zion. He's definitely not John Morant. I just don't think he's going to live up to that. I think he'll be good, and he still has the opportunity to be good, maybe even borderline elite, but not a superstar. It's hard, though, But because he's, he's 20, you know? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's just tough because... You know, you get drafted top three to New York. You have these high expectations, and yeah. I don't know if this uh, this season kind of fast-forwarded his, like, progression and his expectations for what Knicks fans think he can be. But, like, uh, I don't know. I it, it looked like the Hawks figured out how to defend the Knicks. Easily. And that's not a good sign going to next year because it didn't seem like Tibbs could really knew that. the kind of adjustments that he needed to make. And now that it's on tape, other teams are going to start, you know, deploying that same game plan or developing a better, you know, just keep developing on that game plan to stop the mm-hmm.
0: Knicks. And I, and I said that before the playoffs season started. Like, for some reason, teams were not doubling Julius Randle for the longest time. The Hawks come into the playoffs, they do exactly that, and look what happens. Yeah. And they got big guys, you know, Capella, John Collins. You know, they, they got big guys over there. Yeah. So it wasn't an easy task whatsoever. So whenever Randall had the ball in his hands, we saw it from game one, from Jump Street. Even though they won game two, but from Jump Street, Julius Randall was hesitant as hell yeah. and refused to shoot the ball.
1: Like, I remember that in that one, I think it was game one, when he was wide open at the top of the three-point line. He's pat- and he's and he's dishing it to Reggie it. Bullock instead. Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, he didn't have an awesome series either, but Reggie Bullock at least hit some important threes at some points in the game to kind of keep them to kind of keep them in at that time. But as far as like other free agents go that are available, I'm bringing back Reggie Bullock, I'm bringing back Taj Gibson, I'm bringing back most of these guys that are on this team because it's good to have that camaraderie now that these guys have now have a year of playoff experience given it's five games in the first round of the playoffs. But it's important, that's very important to me that you bring back some of those core guys along with you bring a guy like Lonzo Ball or and, so, and somebody else. You need a that, that's the bottom line. They need a pure point guard in here. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. Yes, because I you know obviously I want my basketball team to win, but it's hard. It's I, I know we live in a world where we give out like participation medals for doing a good job or a good enough job, but like the Knicks were supposed to win 25 games. I don't want to harp on this a lot because it's been harped on a lot. But the Knicks one tw- we're supposed to win 25, 26 games this year. They won 41 fucking games. Like they deserve a you know to have their they deserve to have that Madison Square Garden crowd on Game 5 standing ovation for the job that Tibbs and this and this team just over... They overdid it. They over, they overachieved by 20-plus games. But now the big thing is going into next year with mostly the same core, core group of these guys, year two of Tibbs and, you know, more draft picks from Leon Rose and, and Scott Perry to get this team a little bit better. You can't go out next year and go win 30 games and miss the playoffs. Can't do it. Yeah. That would be disaster. Would be. I, you can't do that because I, I know Tibbs. I think historically Tibbs in his first, you know, his first um, first year in places like Chicago and Minnesota had success, but now going into year two, is that? Do you, what do you think? Because you think Julius Randall playing thirty eight minutes, close to forty minutes a game, now over two year span, you think that's going to? Hurt them, you know, and same thing goes for RJ Barrett. He's playing about thirty-seven minutes a game. You think over a course of his second season now with Tibbs that they're going to be either accustomed to that or be a little tired out because of that. It could go either way.
1: See, I thought that I said it in the beginning of the year too. I thought Tibbs running these guys that into the was, ground was, gonna, was his biggest red
0: flag going in was going to affect
1: sure. them at the end of the year, and it didn't really ever seem to, you know, be as big of a of a problem as what I thought it was going to be. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think it's just going to be teams are going to teams are starting to figure them out. And there's five games now on tape that the Hawks have deployed a game plan where you know Randall was completely just Shelled overmatched yeah. and just outclassed. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I think they prove that they can play at high volumes uh, after the season. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem going forward, especially now that you have a long off season, like. You know they'll recover and you know get back into shape and everything. But if anything, I think this team is gonna uh, is gonna try and get more depth on the bench, which yeah. could
0: help. Yeah, sure. I think again, if you add a guy like Lonzo Ball and he's your starting point guard going in, or whoever doesn't matter, anybody really in free agency is an upgrade at this point a point guard. You bring back Derrick Rose for a year, or you just have Emmanuel quickly be your backup. Yeah, you know, part ways from Derrick Rose, say, you know, thanks for your service, but we're going to give Emmanuel quickly a bigger role here.
1: Yeah, another thing is Derrick Rose is going to want to go back to the Knicks.
0: Right. Because exactly. he's familiar with, the, with everything there.
1: Yeah, but, like, you know, obviously he played a big factor and the Knicks are improving. But he's getting to the twilight zone of his career. He's, yeah. he's, he's getting 30, towards he's the end. Yeah, he's 32. 30, is yeah, he going to want to play for the Knicks again where, you know, unless they make, you know, huge improvements this offseason and gain probably two stars. Yeah. Easily. Is he going to want to play for the Knicks again? I know he loves Tibbs, and Tibbs loves loves him and, you know, all that, but is Derrick Rose going to want to run to a contender? And
0: Yeah, I think that's a very good argument. And if Derrick Rose does come back, it's going to be hard for me personally to expect what he did this entire year since the Knicks traded for him and, get De- and play off Derrick Rose. Yeah, like see
1: another thing is like I don't know what it is, but I feel it. He is not Tibbs gets the best out of him. Yeah, and Taj Gibson. I just don't understand why like Derrick Rose can't play basketball for anyone other than it's just so
0: it's funny because the only reason Knicks were not swept in this series is because both Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson willed the Knicks to win game two. Yeah, willed them to win. And it's, Yeah, it is funny. It is, it is, it's a coincidence that yeah. Derrick Rose and Todd Gibson, for that matter, can't play for anybody else than Tom Thibodeau. I don't know yeah. what it is. Like, suddenly, like, Derrick Rose comes back to the Knicks for a second stint because, Derrick, I, if I have this correctly, I don't think Derrick Rose was a very good three-point shooter in his prime. I don't think he was a very awesome three-point shooter, but now he comes in, he's, you know, a veteran in the league, he's developed a better three-point shot, and now he's, you know, now every time he lets it go, you're like, "Oh, it'll probably go in." Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure you would. You like him on your team?
1: I would take him as a backup point guard. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I thought. I thought you liked um, uh, what's what's his name? Um, uh, Mike James.
1: Oh, I do. Yeah, bring him back, right? Oh yeah, need especially. I guess this is our segue yes. into the way he played last night and the way wow. Blake Griffin just turned into 2013 Lob City.
0: Mm-hmm. Like it was left-handed jams.
1: Yeah, like it was unbelievable, uh, and I I just found that. You know, in his post-game press conference, he was asked about, you know, how people... He said it when he joined the Nets, too. When people were freaking out, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, the Nets are, you know... You know, why do they need him? And people were talking about how bad Blake Griffin is at basketball now for the past two seasons when he was on the Pistons. He was kind of faking it, I think. Still. Who wants to play for the
0: Pistons, really?
1: (laughs) I mean, he... They were in a playoff race for at least his first season. But, like... Um... It's true. People were talking about how bad Blake Griffin is and how much he's regressed as a mm-hmm. player since his Clipper days, and all of a sudden he joins the Nets and it's a
0: problem. Like He he was a problem last night. He was, he was he a was huge like, problem. He was like five for, five for nine, five for ten. He had four threes. Something like that, yeah.
1: Four, yeah, four or five. But honestly, the biggest play he made that I think, you know, it was a close game at that point in the first half was when right. they turned the ball over on offense and he dove. I forget who had that. It might have been. It was Bobby Portis was getting yeah. the trying to get the loose ball for the Bucks, and he dove, tried to get it, and then they wrestled for it in the jump ball. They did lose the jump ball, but, you know, Barkley's just erupted after that, and, you know, the Nets, obviously, we're going to get to the Harden thing. Honestly, I was trying to get my stream to work <laughs> uh, on the old TV. I didn't yeah, yeah. even see Harden leave the court.
0: No, they're not. You know, the,
1: the, the, the TV was just not cooperating in the beginning. We missed the first minute, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I was like, why is Bruce Brown in the game? The first minute, and then, you know, obviously Twitter notified me that Harden left with the old hamstring, um, which he has been ruled out for Game 2 as well. He has. He has been diagnosed with right hamstring tightness, which I think is probably the best case scenario. Right. But, like, the Nets just, you know, the, the inside game was a problem last night in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and that's a big talking point coming into this series. You know, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, um... They're just very big. PJ Tucker was, you know, he played for for you know the kind of points that Kevin Durant can score. PJ Tucker, I thought played pretty good defense last night. On rebounds, also
0: a problem last night. That's got. I think the I think they had Milwaukee got out. Milwaukee out rebounded them by at least ten. At least rebounding was a little bit of a problem last night. See,
1: I kind I kind of disagree because coming in, I knew that it was going to be a problem. I thought. The Nets' box outs last night, they had some... Like, everyone was chipping in. Right. I thought that they had some very good... It was better in the second
0: half. I'll give them that. It was better in the second after half. After
1: the first quarter, I thought it improved greatly. Mm-hmm. The rebounds, yeah, it was 58-47. Um, and they out-rebounded them 15-6 to overall uh, on the offensive side. But I think a lot of that was in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. The Nets, I think they were trying to get over the shock of, you know, no Harden anymore, like... Right. You know, but they're used to playing without him already, so. Right. But, um, I thought after the first quarter, their box outs and their defense were very much improved.
0: Wow. Harden didn't even play a minute. Yeah, he, he played 43 seconds. Yeah, he played 43 seconds. Wow.
1: He, I, like the, the I Nets, don't think he was
0: healthy going in. He kind of, I don't know, I, I don't know. He for didn't his,
1: really have a fantastic series for no, the Celtic. Yeah, for he his was the third wheel of the yeah, big three. For his
0: standards, he wasn't James Harden. He wasn't the beard. But then yeah. he comes, so I don't think he's playing completely healthy. Even though he had a lot of time, you know, when he yeah. was hurt, he had a lot of time off before the playoffs started. Yeah, but you know, you have your, your Kyrie doing his thing. Twenty five, he's disgusting. Like he's unbelievable. He is unbelievable. And then KD, you know, honestly, like I feel like KD just has like quiet game. Like until like the until the Nets like, you know, God forbid, go to the finals. Katie's just like I don't know, like a quiet twenty nine. Uh, like it's weird. Like you put all your attention on Kyrie for somebody, he's just so flashy, and then Katie's yeah. just kind of there. He
1: just he just does does it. He and Bla-
0: Blake Griffin was the guy last night. Like Blake Griffin, you know, he had eighteen last night. He had uh, he had six fouls, so he got a little bit in foul trouble early on. Referees were not great last night either. They that call against Brooke Lopez. Remember that the call the, against Brooke yeah. Lopez, the unbelievable. See, the refs weren't. They the worst out, I've ever seen. They started out horribly.
1: Yeah, but then they got, like, whistle-happy in the second half. Like, right. I thought in the fourth quarter when the Nets, the Nets were up, what, 15-16 in the beginning of the fourth quarter? Yeah. But the Nets got, like, called for four very quick fouls. And, you know, it was like every single, like, little touch was a foul. And I don't know. I, you could see that the game was getting kind of chippy.
0: Right.
1: Throughout, like, you could see that P.J. Tucker was starting to... Uh, after the the Bobby Portis Blake Griffin um, scuffle, scuffle. It wasn't even really a scuffle. It was just kind of like a hard basketball play. Like, yeah, Blake Griffin was like flailing his little, legs or whatever. A little more
0: aggressive than you know. Your but average.
1: it wasn't like you know obscene. Like they oh, were no. they, they were fighting for a jump ball. Right. It wasn't like you a little know, bit of a late
0: call though. A little bit of a late. You know, they could have they let it go. they yeah, did. They, they, they were did a little lenient.
1: Yeah. But you could tell they locked it down in the second half. Right. But. Yeah, that that Brook Lopez, even Brooke, you could see his he's face. He's like, Really, wow. he's like, "What?"
0: Yeah, the ball was in it. the ball was still in his hands. Well, and they called Thank it.
1: goodness they didn't call it an one. They gave him right. two free throws. Right. If they would have called, they that called that originally. Yeah, I'm like, really? I'm like, really?
0: Like the ball was still in his hands. Like it was but, obvious. But KD barely touches his wrist. Like, barely, Like, like, yeah. grazed it barely. Just a graze. Just a graze. <laughs> but like the Nets, you yeah. could see, and this
1: is why you know we were talking about this last night and. You know, we were talking about Steve Nash and all that stuff. I don't think Steve Nash is as much of a puppet head coach as like Ty Lue mm-hmm. was with LeBron, or um, you know Steve Kerr was with the Warriors. Like you see Steve Kerr now, the Warriors can't even make the playoffs.
0: Well, that's another argument. Play but like, in, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: but if you're not the, they A-C, had two C-D, chances and still lost. Correct. Like yeah, Steve Nash, no, not say so, Tibbs by far did much a much better job. And Steve Nash obviously is in a great situation. And they have a great coach. I think, you know, this coaching staff was a perfect coaching staff for Steve Nash to grow into a head coaching role with.
0: I think D'Antoni helped him a lot.
1: Yeah, and Jock Vaughn too. Jock Vaughn did a great job in the bubble last year. Yeah, I forget he's on. The and then they field have field. the the Eme, Eme Adoka, Ume yeah, Eme. Adoka
0: who's probably going to get a head coaching job, probably the next I, two, three They years.
1: could lose Udoka and D'Antoni and you know, from this coaching staff. D'Antoni,
0: I could see D'Antoni going to Portland.
1: Maybe I see it. But, but anyway, you could see the adjustments that the Nets made offensive. Like, you could see the focus they put on boxing out and closing out and playing. Like, the Nets played fantastic defense last night, I thought. Yeah, to hold did. the Bucks to 107. And, you know, I thought a lot of those points kind of. They were at 90, 93, 95, 97 for a lot of the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: They the had, game was a lot closer than what it should have been.
0: It's I think it's only because the Nets had a big 35-point third quarter, and then they scored you know. 17 in the fourth. So, like, at that time, at that point in the game, though, you're kind of like, all right, the Nets kind of have this in hand already.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think they, you know, they weren't running as much as they normally do. Like, no. they were just, you know, seeing the game out.
0: The only guy who didn't play last night for the Nets? DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. The only guy. That's,
1: that's fine by Keep me. Keep it that way. Fine Keep by me. Keep it that way. It's fine. But, um... Yeah, I think you know it was an all-around fantastic performance from the Nets. You know, you got to give your hat off to Mike James too. He was fantastic coming. Off I didn't even the bench. know who this
0: guy was. To start, they the got night. him no from idea.
1: CSK Moscow, I believe. He came maybe about twenty games left in the regular season, maybe mm-hmm. around there. They signed him to a ten-day contract, they sent him to another ten-day contract, and they signed him to the rest of the season,
0: but. Two for four from three, 12 he's been, points. he'll take that all day.
1: He, he gave them really good minutes even at the end. And, you know, I thought Nick Nick Claxton is going to have to play a huge role in this series, I think, because of the the lack of down-low presence that the Nets have, and hopefully yeah. they get Jeff Green back soon because I think he's going to be a huge help too. Because is can Blake Griffin really play like 35 minutes a night over a seven-game a series? Be, you'll be lucky if you get that. Yes. I think if Jeff Green comes back game three, game four, you start working him in, give him 15, 18 minutes you know, obviously still start Blake. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Nick Claxton, I think he could play more than 14 minutes. He had some great blocks last night. He was getting to the rim.
0: He's just size. Like, that's what they need is size. Yeah. That's and what he, they need.
1: Like, he's a guy that Nets fans really like because he is homegrown. He's one of, the, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the last ones left because Spencer Dinwiddie's still hurt. And that'd be Who knows something what his future
0: is, though? I don't know.
1: I would love for him to stay around, but I don't know if you... I think he might be out of contract this summer. hmm
0: but they'll, I also they'll trade, they'll trade him for a fifth star <laughs> or sixth. I don't even know anymore.
1: <laughs> I also couldn't believe that Joe Harris had nineteen points. I feel like that was Quiet. the quietest nineteen points ever.
0: I mean, because he took the and Bruce Brown too did have an like he always that, has an impact, not on the score sheet, right, but everything else. That left handed dunk
1: that he oh. missed
0: that would have erupted. Barclays oh. would have erupted, and then he had then he had one later in the game too, but. Um, I mean, they're getting, they're getting contributions from... I mean, last night they got the contributions from their top four guys on the bench last night. James, Bruce Brown, Claxton, Landry Shaman had two points. You know, big deal. But um, this Harden thing. Seeing how they played last night, I don't think... I, I don't really... It's not going to be a sweep. I think, you know, Milwaukee, Listen, Milwaukee's a little tougher than that. The
1: dude. Nets played great, but the Bucks.
0: They just I did was it. not impressed. No, I was. They either.
1: cannot take Giannis off the floor. When they no. take Giannis off the floor, they are horrible. Like they are a completely different team.
0: Like to me, Drew Holiday is not it. Like I just don't. I think he
1: kind of had an off. They shot six for thirty from three. Like yeah, they were not. They're not going to do that every single game. I think it's imperative that the Nets have to defend home court.
0: Yeah, like, you, like, as far as the starters go for Milwaukee, Giannis had 34, and then the rest is, like, P.J. Tucker at 7. You know, he's not an offensive guy. Yeah, he's,
1: he's more on the court to defend KD, which, right. again, I thought he did a pretty good job of last mm-hmm. night. Yeah, KD had 29, but KD's the best play, basketball player on the planet.
0: Like, bro, Brooke, had his, Brooke had 19 points, so I think he kind of stepped up as far. Like he's going to a good series. Chris Middleton had 13, you would expect a little more. Especially, out of, he went at,
1: 0 for 5 from 3, yeah. Chris Middleton did. You
0: would, you would expect a little more out of him. You know, being that second guy, you know, Drew Holiday, you give up a lot for if you're Milwaukee. Got to get something out of him.
1: The difference between these two teams is Milwaukee is a great starting five. They have no bench. They have have no no bench. bench. Zero. Like Bobby Portis, Mm. eh. Pat Connaughton, Mm. eh. Jeff Teague is like, what, 35 now? Yeah. Like, I don't even know who this Forbes dude is
0: not going to play Giannis's brother. <laughs> like, like, they're not well, going to give. Him he got a little uh,
1: chippy with uh,
0: Blake at the end yeah, too. They're not going to give him quality minutes in a playoff series.
1: Like the Nets have, you know, not the best bench players, but like you know, they have some players that they can bring off the bench to make an impact.
0: Right.
1: And you're going to play Kyrie 45 minutes. Like, you can afford to do that though.
0: Yeah. Like I don't think like hey, like I don't think you're going to play. Um, how many How many minutes did KD play? Like he played 40, 40 minutes last night. Obviously I think you're gonna see more Kyrie on the floor than anybody. Because he, you know yeah. And now now no harden which is you know And he he
1: didn't shoot the ball very well last night at all. It Kyrie. shows he was eleven for twenty six, three eleven from three.
0: But the big thing he made them when they needed it though. That's the big yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: He missed a lot of open threes. Like there were a lot of times when I was like, Oh, that's going in and it how many shots last night did he have go in and out? A bunch. Like three or four?
0: A bunch. Like, he didn't score at all in the fourth quarter either. You're right. Like, he went 0 for 5 in the fourth quarter last night.
1: Yeah, but his... Again, the point guard thing. He can just get the ball wherever it needs to be. Right. And one thing I thought the Nets did fantastically last night, and you could see that the Bucks are really trying to defend this well, is they would penetrate and kick very efficiently last night. Like, the Bucks are trying to defend the rim. And... They're trying which to force of, the Nets to shoot of, threes, which
0: which is kind of dumb. Why would you? I, I, I don't you'd know. Do the opposite, no? Well, I
1: think they were trying to cause turnovers off the kick, and the Nets just got the ball there. Even if it was tipped or something, the mm. Nets always seem to win the ball back.
0: Like you're really going to defend the the paint with Joe Harris out there? Yeah, I, and KD out there and Kyrie out like like I don't know if I was dumb. the
1: only one who noticed that, but I thought the Nets mm. were trying to drive the ball a lot last night to the rim, and the Bucks would all collapse, and they would just kick it out and. Like, there was that one sequence where the Nets had five guys on the three point line, and it literally just kept going back. Yeah, like, exactly. it just kept going around, and they eventually found and the these open are, shot.
0: And they're professional basketball players, so they're going to go down once. Like, they're like. like the the Nets' ball kick,
1: movement last night was unbelievable.
0: Right. Even if you're kicking it out to a guy like, I don't know. Mike James. Blake, Blake Griffin. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Blake, Blake, Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> Blake Griffin. Yeah.
1: Who thought he could shoot threes?
0: They're professional basketball players. If they're open, they're going to make them every yeah, once in a while. Every once in a while. But uh, this Harden thing, how worried are you going into the game two and for the rest of the series? From after what you saw from game one, you can't be, you know, that's the thing. Too upset.
1: I think if it was, you know, a lot close, like the Nets, like yeah, they. I think the Nets played like an almost flawless game last night. Sure, and the score doesn't show how much of a blowout the game really was. Like the game was not an eight-point game.
0: First quarter was close. I think the first half was,
1: yeah, but the Nets
0: dominated. the
1: second quarter even wasn't that close.
0: Like we were yeah, we were saying last night this game should be like a 16 point game at halftime. But well it,
1: it did creep up to like 20.
0: Right. But at halftime they were closer yeah, yeah, than yeah. everybody it thought.
1: it was what like a 5 point ge- or a 3 like it was that. a 3 point game after Brooke made those BS free throws. Yeah, right. I think it was 61-58 at halftime. And yeah. then, you know, the Nets I, I think the second quarter I was thinking 63, what they were de-
0: 63-61 at halftime. So they had Nets at a 2 point lead. They were down
1: two what at the after the first quarter, weren't they? The uh, Nets were, or they were up two.
0: Thirty-two. Yeah, they were down two.
1: Yeah. So, the second quarter, they obviously had an advantage there, and they were up, I think, like ten at one point in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Third quarter, they scored what thirty-five? You said. In the fourth quarter, you know, they just saw the game out. They, they were their guy,
0: They had their bench guys. They they, the
1: most part. they could have ramped that lead up to twenty-five probably if they if they needed to and right. wanted to. But like, well, what was the point? You saw the game out, you win by 8 and you move on. No one can, no one really looks at the score. No cares how
0: much you won by? Yeah, no. As long as you won.
1: Yeah, like I think the Nets played flawlessly. The Bucks, you know, didn't didn't play very well. It's a credit to the Nets, but the Bucks also missed a lot of shots last night too. It's going to be a much better series going forward.
0: But the hard but the Harden thing in particular.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was getting to that. American. What my point of that all that rambling was that it's hard to panic when you see how the Nets played last night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's gonna, you know, it's it's a big miss.
0: Because I think Harden's your true facilitator.
1: Yeah, they're the Nets are twelve and eleven when Harden doesn't play, and they're like, I I don't twenty one. They only have single digit losses when Harden plays, and they've won about twenty games. Right. You can tell that the you know the team rolls better when he's out there. But again, if Kyrie keeps playing like this, you're gonna have him on the ball all the time too. Mm-hmm.
0: One like, of those, one of those big three was always going to be on the floor at the same time. Now you only have two. Yeah. Now, so now it's now.
1: Don't get me wrong; it's a big, it's a huge miss, and it's a big, big deal that Harden's not playing. He's
0: he's definitely missing game two, right? Definitely, definitely missing not. game two. Probably, more than likely, probably unless they, which they I push don't him. think you see him to like game five. Yeah, I don't think you can push him with a hamstring. I don't mean especially you really since
1: can. it's the same hamstring he already injured this right. season.
0: I don't think you could push him. Yeah, probably best at. I think
1: you see him game five, game six at the
0: earliest. Yeah. If they, if there is a Game 5 or Game 6.
1: I don't know. The Nets aren't going to no, sweep. No, they're not. <laughs> I, I think it's imperative the Nets win uh, tomorrow night, mm-hmm. Monday night. Defend home court and then go to Milwaukee if you can they get a split. Take at least split, one. Take it, yeah, You're 3-1 going back to Brooklyn. And then, like, a lot of people are saying this is the finals right here. Especially
0: after what we saw from Philly today losing to Atlanta. Well, you were when you were in the shower, you missed it. The Philly cut it to two. Really? Yeah, because of turnovers.
1: That they could not break that press whatsoever. They could,
0: they could not. Atlanta Atlanta did you know that's one of Atlanta's faults. They did turn the ball over quite a bit in the series against the well, Knicks, they hadn't, but Yeah. But Th-
1: today they had no more timeouts. They no, had zero timeouts, with about them did. two minutes left, and they couldn't break the press.
0: It also doesn't help that Ben Simmons does not help on offense or oh. whatever, but <laughs>
1: tough. that's tough for Tommy Fam. <laughs> We're watching the Mets at the moment, and uh, Lindor received the ball off from James McCann while Tommy Pham was stealing, and Lindor just bashed him in the top of the head, and he got, and he's safe. Good, good for helping him up. Yeah, but um, we'll get to the Mets later. But yeah, I, a lot of people are saying this is the finals. I think this is going at minimum six games. Think so. The Bucks aren't going to play another. Situa-
0: is this sorry? Is this another situation where you think like Boston won one game because Tatum went off for fifty?
1: Giannis is going to have a game where he's just unbelievable, and they're going to be knocking. Like Drew Holiday is going to hit shots. They're going to shoot. They're going to have a game where they shoot like forty plus percent from three, Mm -hmm. and the Nets, you know, aren't going to be able to defend inside. They're going to have one or two of those games at least. Hmm. Do I really trust Mike Budenholzer to make like a lot of adjustments? Not really. Really,
0: he's not a. They don't have a deep bench, like we said before. That's that's a problem for them.
1: That is a very big problem.
0: Like you had PJ Tucker, you had another starter, but you need, they need some bench depth here. Like, like, like yeah. you said before, they can't take Giannis off the floor, yeah, especially, no, especially yeah. against the Nets, they can't.
1: Yeah, and I think Steve Nash realizes, especially after last night, like the Nets had guys had Kyrie out there at all times when Giannis wasn't in there mm-hmm. because they knew that they could take advantage when he wasn't playing. Yeah. So.
0: So what do you? So are you going to predict Nets in six, five, six?
1: I'm going to say Nets in. 6, but I would not be shocked if it went to 7. Who are they playing in the Eastern Conference Finals? I think I think it's still Philly, think so? Uh, Atlanta's talented, but do we really see Philly losing to them in 7 games?
0: Not really, but Embiid's not 100%. That's the problem. That's her issue. Yeah,
1: that is a problem. And I think if the Nets ended up ended up playing Atlanta, I I mean, Kyrie would take Trae Young to the showers.
0: Trey Young is not a good defender. Like, that Ky- Kyrie
1: would make him no. his little son.
0: Yep. <laughs> Put his pants around his ankles.
1: Like, I I'm, I'm not denying the, the player that Trey Young is. He's a fantastic player. If that happens... He also plays like a freaking bitch.
0: If that... Yeah, he's... No kidding. Thank you. I know. No one I, I,
1: even it. Even I admitted to you last night, that one foul that KD drew when he mm-hmm. just... Like, that's the dumbest foul ever. It is. When he just... Rakes the ball to the side. Yeah, it's a reach in, but it's just so it's so dumb. It you is. don't see that called in the college game ever. Like, no. That's why college basketball is better than the NBA.
0: Definitely make the hot or... take of the day. Ooh, well, I don't know I, if that's really a hot not take. Not really. I've known that about. Well, I've known. I've known that about you for years, but it's kind of obvious in my mind. Speaking just obvious yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for the NBA. Uh, the Nets are moving on. The Knicks are going home. Sad face. I hope the Mavs
1: Mavs win. What's the score of that game? I don't know. know. we got to look. They were down eight at halftime.
0: I'm all about Luka, but screw you, Porzingis. I was going to say. KP. All about Uh, Luka. Let's see.
1: Oh, 72-72. I feel feel like we have to say screw the Mets and watch that game. It's a game seven. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Mets are going to win this one anyway. Confident. Very confident in the Mets. All right. We'll break when we come back. Who is to blame for the shit that the New York Yankees are putting on the field right now? Because the most important week of the season, and they are not doing a damn thing. So we might yell and scream about that a little bit. And the Mets are in San Diego, and they're doing good things. Jacob DeGrom is a beast. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. A little bit of Jets, a little bit of Islanders maybe, because the Jets were at the Islanders game. We are at the Coliseum the, uh, last night. Yeah, we have to talk about the Islanders. Playoff hockey. Have like to. The Islanders are great. They're a good watch. And, uh, yeah. So we'll get to that when we come back. Here's the Tri-State Sports. If we don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.
1: Do you have thoughts you want to share? Have questions, comments, or hot takes surrounding the world of New York sports? We want to hear from you, so give us a call on the new 24-7 Tri-State Sports Beat fan line. Call our new toll-free number at 862-260-4315 and leave us a voicemail with your questions and comments so you can be heard on that week's episode of the Tri-State Sports Bee. Again, that's 862-260-4315. We can't wait to hear from you, New York sports fans. You know, before we get into the atrocity that is the New York Yankees, I feel like we have to talk about the new weapons that you have added to your golf bag.
0: Oh, yeah. Sure. Let's do it.
1: We went to a, a beautiful golf outlet yesterday. Clubs everywhere. If you are a golfer, you, you should try and find you know a golf funny, outlet around you
0: because it is glorious. I was on Facebook. Face- their Facebook page came up. Oh, Followed them instantly. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Was it Mike's Golf? Mike's, Mike's Golf, golf, golf outlet, outlet in Hartford. All used clubs. Get the to sponsor the show. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I went in to the this beautiful golf outlet, which exceeded my expectations by far. Told you it was fantastic. It was. Uh, you said it had a chop tracer technology. I'm like, all right, they have one or two bays. Maybe they had like five, six, something like that. I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking cool.
1: Yeah, there was there was a simulator. There was like what five or six simulators. Mm-hmm.
0: So I went in yesterday. I was like, I need some wedges. Because unfortunately, years, a couple years ago, I, I've i been playing with only a pitching wedge. Didn't you lose your... I lost my sand wedge on a course. And you know what we say about that, you know. If you don't care enough about your golf clubs, you know. You deserve to leave them on the freaking golf course and have somebody pick them up and uh, that's theirs now. So, I went in, I needed a 56 degree, and I was like, yeah. I might as well just get a 60 degree while I'm here. Get some, uh, you know. Some more Arsenal to the to the golf bag and add a couple of weapons here. So found a fifty six degree, I loved it instantly, and then I had found its brother, brother or sister, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call it, a sixty degree. It's a Callaway Jaws Jaws. Very uh, wow, very slick golf club. The fifty six degree is mint. Probably you said probably not even used on the golf course yet. It doesn't even look like like yeah the original plastic. I think was still on the shaft. Giggity, but <laughs> then the sixty degree. The 60 degree was a little beat up a little bit. But um it wasn't even beat up. It was no, just it wasn't. hit like yeah. it had it's it definitely was probably hit like 5 times. Definitely been used. And the
1: only scratches on the face were from, you know, hitting a golf yeah. ball, which is going to happen.
0: So, I took those two clubs to the simulator. I hit I don't know. Maybe 10 shots with each. I was like, I'm in love. Like I'm going to spend the money and I'm going to do it. No hesitation. Handed them my card. They told me the price. There you go. No hesitation whatsoever. Fell in love with those clubs. Went to the driving range today. And uh, proved me even more right. So it was fantastic. Great purchase on my part. I'm glad
1: you had a fantastic driving yeah, range you did day not because I was horrendous.
0: Well yeah, well, yeah, well, you weren't really on your game trying those wedges. At. You were also looking for a 56 and 60. Yeah, I was, and I just couldn't hit anything. Which is smart on your part because you were like, I'm not going to buy anything if I just can't hit with it. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd, I'd be like, oh, it's a nice pitching wedge. It's a nice wedge, so I'm going to buy it and fig- we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, no. So that's, good for you. that's good on you. That's, that's good judgment by Thanks. you. And you also talked me out of buying an iron set, which was also good by you. Well, it was six through whatever was. It was like, wedge it was like was. utility wedge through six iron or whatever. Was, 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 it wasn't worth yeah. it.
1: Like, you have to at least have a five iron.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, tough driving range day for you. Was not great.
1: You? I was hitting everything right.
0: Hmm. Interesting. All right,
1: Yankees? Yankees, great.
0: Yeah, you lead off. It's not good. Not great. No. They you took, know, Is it was it two out of three against Tampa? No, so, they split. Two and two. Oh, that's right. why there's four games.
1: They lost the first game, won the next two. And you're like, all right, we have Garrett Cole on the mound. Let, let's win a series here. Let's take three of four. Garrett Cole just didn't have it.
0: His worst start is a Yankee, which you can't get. Uh, well, it's
1: the second time he's given up five earned. He also gave a five earned one time this season mm-hmm. to Texas, I believe. Um, Just didn't have it. And, well, you know, when, when they gave up. When Garrett Cole gave up like three runs, you knew the game was over because, you know, the Yankees can't hit the ball with a lick. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just all bad. At this point, it's just like, how how bad can we get before, you know, Hal, the guy who couldn't care less about the Yankees, you know, decides to wake up and... um, I'm starting to... You got to start putting blame on Cashman, too. I know Yankee fans love him. It's been 24 years... He's really only brought one World Series championship,
0: and which one was 2009.
1: Because he yeah he inherited a team from what was it Gene Michael in ninety six? Mm-hmm. It wasn't really his. I think he was still like an assistant GM in you know the other World Series in ninety nine and uh two thousand and whatever other year. I don't have. I can't remember what are the other years ninety six ninety nine ninety six ninety eight
0: ninety nine And two thousand. Yep. Um, Went to the World Series in one and 3 and lost. Yeah.
1: Um, and then obviously had the, the Boston thing in 4 Just the makeup of this roster is horrendous. You trade for Giancarlo Stanton, which might be the worst trade in the history of the franchise. But let's
0: be fair. We knew Stanton coming off an injury was going to suck. That's just how it goes. We knew that. So we can't be surprised about what we're seeing at the moment. And the fact that Let's put some blame. Let's put some blame at first base. Let's put some blame on DJ LeMahieu. We were watching yesterday. We we're like, he's terrible. Like, it, like it, the RBI numbers aren't there. He's hitting what two fifty right now. He, yeah, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. Like usually DJ is your guy that hits for contact. Is not going to give you a lot of home runs, but he's your leadoff hitter. He's paid to get on base and get hits. You know, on base he's hitting a three thirty eight on base right now. He's hitting two fifty five and he's sl- he's got an OPS of six sixty four. You, know, you didn't pay that guy, what, six years, $90 million to do that. That's ridiculous. Aaron Judge, kind of splitting time between DH and right field, played center field yesterday, which I think was kind of a mistake, if you ask me, because there was one point in the game where the Red Sox had guys on, the Yankees could have totally avoided having one run score instead of two if Judge is in right field instead of Clint because Judge has the has the arm in right field to you know pump it to home and get a guy out at home plate. But, you know, that's why I'm not paid to be the friggin' manager I get. You know, I talk about it for a living. But, you know, that's on Aaron Boone, and of blame's going to go around there. But, again, Miguel Andujar, too, is your band-aid left field right now. He should have made that play on the wall last night against the Red Sox. Should, you know, if anybody any other left fielder's there, he makes that play at the wall. You know, I'm not going to kill Rugnet Odor, but, again, a band-aid at second base, hitting 190. In in the middle of your lineup is your only left is really your only lefty besides Gardner because you don't have Hicks being your switch hitter anymore. He's done for the year. He's uh, was not doing anything anyway. No, he wasn't. O'Dor is your only left. Your true lefty who really has to play every day. Gardner does now too, but you're putting O'Dor in the middle of this lineup and he's hitting 190. It's basically the same problem we had with Hicks in the beginning of the year. Like nothing is just nothing is getting better. Nothing is progressing. Gary can't run the base pads to save his life. I wish somebody, I wouldn't say pinch pinch run for him every time he even gets on base when he actually hits the ball for once. But again, your cleanup hitter Gio Rochelle is hitting 260. It's not good enough. It's just not. And and the rest and the rest is spoken from there. You know, Garrett Cole has one bad game: five innings, five hits, five runs, seven strikeouts. He wasn't great at all, but. This team, as presented on paper, of course, should be able to put up runs against, against a guy like Ryan Yarborough, who pitched a complete game, gave up six hits and two runs, struck out six Yankees while giving up two home runs, which is the Yankees' only runs of the game. What are we doing? What are we doing? To score six, to, to hit the ball six times and only come out with two runs, you can't do that. While the Rays got friggin' nine runs on ten hits. it's Ridiculous. Because they can't put the ball in play. Oh. It's- oh, we forgot to mention, too. Apparently, hitting into double plays is a good oh, thing.
1: Don't even get me started with that moron. He is an idiot. He is unable to manage a baseball team. I don't, like,
0: I didn't listen. I, I Can you pull up the, can you pull up the, um, I don't know if you want to pull up the audio or pull up the... Yeah, I'll just pull up the quote. Yeah, the pull up the quote. Hitting into double plays is a good thing. In what universe is that a good thing? Because they're getting contact on the ball? That's bullshit. He said, typically the better teams
1: are going to hit into double plays. You know you're going to be asking me that same question when we get it rolling here. Well, you said you're going to get it rolling for the past three months. It is now June freaking 6th, and we still are hitting, half the lineup is still hitting under 200. When are you going to get it rolling? And now we're when five When the team games is out? mathematically eliminated from
0: the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that, and then you think about this team as currently presented. It's obviously not good enough right now. No. W- once the trade deadline comes, what, what, what's, what's the brilliant Brian Cashman going to do now? You're not going to trade for a starting pitcher. That's just not going to happen. Kluber's going to come back, and he's going. to, Oh, Kluber's going. Severino's working his way back. So there's no way the Yankees are trading for another pitcher. That's not happening. Maybe. How about maybe trade for a lefty bat? Maybe. I, I don't know. What phenomenon? Yeah, I don't know. But to have Odor be your only left-handed bat. This is why, uh, I heard this the other day, a guy like Michael Brantley would have been perfect for this lineup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfect. A guy like Bryce Harper, hmm, who would have thought that, probably would have been perfect for this lineup. Like, I don't know. I, and, then, and then this series against the Red Sox. You know what sucks is that we're kind of hoping they get swept for some reason. Because it's, it's just embarrassing. Like, they lost 5-2 the other night. Who was, on, who? I don't even remember who was on the, Nate, Nate Ovaldi, Mike King, because, because Kluber's hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what, what do you expect from Mike King to do? He gave you five and a third. He, he gave, gave up, you a great, yeah. except the first inning, he was good. Yeah, he was. He had an immaculate inning. But again, Ovaldi was on the mound, a veteran pitcher who we know, pitched six innings, he gave up two runs, and the Yankees couldn't freaking hit. Couldn't do a damn thing. And then last night was at debacle. We didn't even watch last night, but and then they play game three tonight. It's just and you know, it's just frustrating because it's the big it was the biggest week. Tampa and the Red Sox for the first time. And if this is any indication on how we're gonna play the Red Sox this year, we might as well just quit now. Because it's embarrassing. Yeah, you know how the Red Sox lost
1: twelve straight to us. We're gonna lose about fifteen straight to them.
0: Like last night they lose seven three with Jamison Tyone on the mound, who is abysmal. Like now he's made eleven starts. Now I think now and he we had can... five
1: good innings and then yeah,
0: but then and then you said it. He's gonna have a blow up inning. Sure and shit, he has a blow up inning. I, I don't know what else to say. I really don't. Like again, I like how long, when was the last time John Carlos Stanton got a hit?
1: I don't know. He was doing great until he hit the IL and now he's hitting two fifty three.
0: DJ Clint... goes one for three. Urshela goes two for four. Glaber goes one for three. He had a home run last See, night. That was it.
1: I can't kill Glaber can't. he's gotten his average up to 268. Sure. He's been very good for the past... We're ever having, since he came back from COVID, he's uh-huh. been good.
0: We're having, these, we're having Chris Gittins making his MLB debut at first base. What do you expect from that guy?
1: Yeah, nice 0 for 3 there. Where,
0: you know, why isn't Higgy... You know, we were saying Higgy's getting more playing time. It, it, he can't be much worse right now than Gary Sanchez. He's hitting
1: 184. Gary's hitting 201. 201.
0: What do you really, what do you, you know what you're losing? You're losing defense because Gary just, every time I see Gary behind the plate, he's just, and again, this isn't, you know, this isn't what we talked about before. What was it? David Cohen or Paul O'Neill. That's, a, that's the oh, laziness Cohen. thing. It's not even about that. It's not about, Gary Sanchez is a lazy catcher. He's a lazy defensive catcher. He's a lazy baseball player. He is. He really is.
1: He has. How do you moves. get? How, sorry. No, no. How do you get thrown out at second base with a ground ball to shortstop
0: when you, you know, get know that you're not fast? Eight years old. Correct. When you know you're not like Gary Sanders, he may be the slowest guy on the field at all times. In what case scenario is it a good idea to shoot over second base and think you can make it from third when the when the grounders hit the shortstop? Hello, do they do something different where you're from? I don't get it, dude. This whole this whole Their roster mind is just not where
1: they should be. This whole roster just needs to be just blown up from the ground up. I I don't know how you do it, but at first it starts with Hal Steinbrenner actually acting like he cares about this franchise and not making his dad want to roll over in his grave every freaking year. Could you imagine right now if George Steinbrenner was alive? You, they're they're fourteen and twenty seven, I believe, against AL opponents. I don't know if that that seems like a lot of games. Yeah, it does.
0: Um, hold on, let's see if I can find that.
1: Um,
0: but as far as like the mental mistakes go, that's on the manager, dude. It's just on the coaching staff as a whole, yeah. Like I like I was like I kind of pushed back on you when you said Marcus Tim oh. should be out. Like Marcus Tim should be out now. Oh. He should be out now. Like now, like now, it's to the point where he should just he he should just leave. And at that point, if you're gonna fire the hitting coach, fire everybody. Like just like at this like at this point, it's just it, this is not acceptable for Yankee baseball. It's not. And I understand we're Yankee fans. We probably, we have high standards. We're built to be that way. No, are we not? <laughs> what
1: John Carlo? You know, gets off the IL. However many weeks ago, another off day
0: today. Yeah, not in the lineup. What's the lineup today?
1: Lemayhew, Judge, Lemayhew's playing second.
0: Is Judd playing center again?
1: Judge is at uh, Judge is the DH. Okay, that makes. labor at short or Shell at third. Gary behind the plate. Chris Gittins hitting sixth, playing first base. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clint in right, Miggy in left, Gardner in center with Herman on the mound.
0: And who is the? Do you know who the opposing pitcher for the Red Sox is today?
1: Um, doesn't matter, but I think it was some guy. Okay, so. They I faced to,
0: Rodriguez yesterday. Um is
1: it like Garrett oh Garrett hold on to, I'll, I'll look it up quick.
0: No, Garrett Whitlock, uh Garrett Richards. Is it Garrett Richards? I believe it is. Let's see.
1: Yeah, Garrett Richards is pitching. Yeah. He has he's four and four with a three seven five ERA in sixty innings. Wonderful. But uh Aaron Boone's has a day off for John Carlos Stan feels like he's making steady progress at this point to get going. Really? Asked why Yankees haven't hit lefties better with so many righties, Boone said, "We should be better against everyone." You damn right, Boone. I expect us to be a really good offense still. So does so do all of your fans.
0: But look where we are right now.
1: So the I Yankees really are fourteen and twenty-one against the AL East this year.
0: Giancarlo hasn't gotten a hit. He got hit last night. He Aaron Boone, fr- he I know the three.
1: guy's in that room, and we believe we're too good. We're taking our lumps right now.
0: How many times has he said that this year? I don't know. When did he come back off the I.L.? Giancarlo? May I, 20- I think May 28th. Let's see. May 28th was the first game against the Tigers, right? Let me read for you, game by game, Giancarlo Stanton. 0 for 5. 0 for 5. 0 for 4. 0 for 1. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 0 for 1. One for three. One for three. Over oh, for four last night.
1: Good. That's good. That's really good.
0: That's a guy you pay 300-something million dollars for over the next fucking... You just
1: knew it. Him going on the IL. He was so hot yep. before going on the IL and then Because just this, is what, like because this is what... freaking ruptured a testicle, t- probably.
0: Because <laughs> this is what we're accustomed to. Giancarlo Stanton's been here for, what, four years now? It's the same effing thing.
1: He probably ruptured a testicle getting up
0: from lunch. I L. He probably sat on it or something. <laughs> oh, that's well, why he should wear a cup at all times. Unbelievable! Unfreaking believable! Oh. All right, so are you done with the Mets? Are, are you done with the Knicks? You, the Knicks? Are you done with the Yankees?
1: We went from the Mets to the Knicks and now to the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think there's really anything else to say. Oh, that almost went
0: in. Just major disappointment um, is what I'll leave it at.
1: Yeah, it, there's nothing else to say. It's like... It's annoying. I, I don't know what else to say. It, Hal acts like he freaking doesn't care about this team. Brian Cashman, you know, the Yankee fans love him and he's been here forever, but it, it, it seems like time is coming up and we know the Yankees, they don't like firing people unless, you know, you come one game away from the World Series, but that's a different... Uh, <laughs> different conversation for a different day but um uh, yeah uh, it's probably gonna take cashman like to retire for him to leave and who knows when that's gonna be um aaron boone yeah just let's just keep accepting him for one year contracts because you know we don't fire anyone and we don't care um yeah it's probably a good thing that the stadium isn't full right now because they had uh, had
0: twenty thousand people there last night
1: yeah well i don't know dude it's going to start getting uh not not a, not a good atmosphere in that stadium if they continue to suck mm-hmm. because Aaron Boone won't Aaron Boone won't face reality. He doesn't answer any questions, like any hard questions. He's so laid back, it's annoying. I, oh, I saw someone hold on. I saw someone put it perfectly um on Twitter last night. Let's see if I can find it. So, John Jastrzemski said, So much for this homestand bringing out the best in the Yankees. Team has been mediocre now for 119 games. 60 last year, 59 this year. Uninspiring bunch to watch. And then someone replied to him saying, Play with no urgency. Manager has created a country club atmosphere. They are also extremely flawed. No lefties, no speed, no athleticism, and an awful manager.
0: You think entitlement's a big thing in this? Because they had so much success early on. You think they're like starting to become entitled? Like, you could take that especially, no, like... what
1: success have they had
0: lately? Well, they, well, they've been in the playoffs. They went deep into the playoffs. Who
1: cares? for the New York Yankees.
0: Exactly. But, like, especially this group, because it's a young group.
1: Yeah, we've been saying they're a young group for the past four years. Right. This core was the core that led them to the ALCS with Joe Girardi as their manager. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic manager he was. Right. I wish we could bring him back. And we keep saying, oh, this core is going to get it done. This core, this core, this core. Gary and Judge and... Carlow. and Glaber and well, John, yeah, you mean homegrown Yankees? What you mean? Yeah, the young guys, yeah, and Duhar, yeah, <laughs> like Clint Frazier. What the heck have they done? Okay. Yeah, is hitting 289 with five, 14 homers. So that's and...
0: the best. That's the it's under 300. And that's the best average on the team. It's unbelievable. They're they're like
1: unwatchable, they are, they're boring. It, they've hard. always been boring. So ever, like, Joe Girardi actually showed emotion. Ever since Aaron Boone... God forbid this team shows any sort of fire. Aaron Boone could not be the most boring asshole to watch <laughs> in the dugout. He is.
0: Like, occasionally we'll see, you know, DJ Lemay who smack his helmet a couple times. Ooh, do you yeah, do?
1: let's just smack our helmets and our gloves and probably break our hand. <laughs> yeah, soon. really.
0: I.L. 10-day.
1: <laughs> I think we're going to get it going. We're going to get it rolling. We have good really? guys
0: in the locker room. You are an asshole. He's the only one that sees that. He's literally the only uh, one. He really is. Uh, I hate him. And you know what sucks, too? I don't want to compare it to Adam Gase because it's not as bad. Like, not, uh, not, not even in not the same close. realm. But, like, we knew when the Yankees hired Aaron Boone, we didn't love it. We were not in love with it. Willing to give it a chance, Yes. But n- I
1: don't even want to hear that, oh, he won 100 games in his first... He's the youngest or the first manager ever to win 100 games in the first season of his, of his managerial career
0: or Pretty whatever. sure collectively with that team at that time, we could have done that as well. Yeah, probably. Seriously. And
1: can we fire Marcus <laughs> Timms, please? Yeah. What does that puppet do?
0: He's a hitting coach. I don't know. Beats me.
1: <laughs> he's a hitting
0: coach. Yeah, he's a hitting coach. How's the lineup's does. hitting under 200. <laughs>
1: He is just a puppet, freaking dangling there like a freaking, <laughs> just in a play. Like, oh, yeah, go, go. We're gonna get, we're gonna go in the cage today. We'll hit on forty-five miles an hour. Hopefully, that guy, hopefully that's not too, not too fast for
0: you. He's probably feeding the balls through the machine. We'll hit off a tee today. How about that? Yeah, great hitting coach <laughs> he ball, is. The ball doesn't. To, that's why the Yankees don't hit good on off-speed pitches. That's exactly why. <laughs> oh. I bet you that Ephis or the 48 mile an hour
1: pitch in Mercedes it. hit hit out. John Kroll would probably swing and miss <laughs> and hurt himself.
0: <laughs> oh my scapula! Oh my out testicle. for the season! My testicle! <laughs> oh my god! It's it, oh. but you're right. It's totally it's unwatchable. Like I don't even enjoy turning them on anymore. Listen, we're probably going to watch the U.S. men's national team tonight over Absolutely. the freaking Yankees. America, they beat Mexico. It. I yeah, don't
1: want to lose to Mexico again.
0: No. I'm having to see that live. I that need a on Captain one. America goal. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be. That would be fantastic. Maybe Gio Arena? Maybe. Or maybe... Um, I was going to say Zach Steffen, but he's the goalie. He's the goalie. If he scores, <laughs> that would be something else. <laughs> All right, uh, quickly, let's move to the Mets a little bit. They're, they're doing good stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, Lindor has uh, got his... Um, Act average together? over two hundred for the first time in like three months. That's wow. Good. Um. Jacob, yeah, he's he's starting to hit the cover off the baseball, which is you know nice to see. Um. Jacob the, Jacob Degrom yeah. is my MVP. Yep, Degrom is unbelievable. He has what a point six two ERA now. Yep, unbelievable. Held the Padres lineup one of the best lineups in the league to no runs last night. Five hits. Five hits. Unbelievable. That's even a lot for him. I know. Um.
0: Well, himself. Well, he himself only gave up. Three runs, three hits. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's about right. Seth Lugo coming back, huge for the bullpen. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: the Mets, you know,
0: they're fun to watch.
1: Yeah, they are. They're they're a lot more fun than the freaking dumpster fire in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice
0: to see Lindor hit that nuke last night that just went over the wall.
1: Yeah, like this is gonna. I I hope Stevie Cohen keeps spending money because if Hal continues not to do so, pressure that people are going to go into Hal Steinbrenner's box <laughs> and start
0: raising hell. Do yeah. uh, you I think know. he
1: even attends the games?
0: No. Not a chance. He's
1: too busy buying freaking real estate.
0: Not a chance. I think...
1: Do you think he even knows what's going on?
0: I think Cashman fills him in, but, like, probably on a weekly basis. I'd, I'd guess.
1: Like, when do we think the last time Hal Steinbrenner has been at Yankee Stadium?
0: Cashman's definitely there every game.
1: Yeah, because you've seen the camera show him like in playoff series, and he's always there. And Aaron Boone's only there because he has
0: to be. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You think George was at every game though? Yeah. You think so? He loved the Yankees. He, did. he really did.
1: And that's a, like ha, George had a passion for baseball.
0: Hal, the, Hal couldn't give a flying fuck. He looks at it as a business. That's the problem.
1: You can tell him pissed off because this is making this is an expletive. Uh,
0: we're kind of turning that way anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah. Hal, Hal Steinbrenner is a fucking moron. He looks at it as a business. He does. He doesn't love the Yankees like George does. Like no, George he did.
1: couldn't give a crap.
0: No, he doesn't.
1: It's all it's. And I understand. You know, a lot of people lost money during the pandemic and all that. But we're the New York Yankees. They're the third most valuable franchise in the world. Mm-hmm.
0: Like not just in America, the world.
1: Seven hundred million dollars is like. Chump change. 100000 to us.
0: Right. Chump change to
1: them. It's still a lot of money, but you, you know yeah, what I mean.
0: Right. But especially, too, where, again, you said third richest franchise in the world? Probably. But, I don't know the exact. But it's about, it's about there. But we don't want to go over the luxury tax.
1: Yeah. You know, the Dodgers are freaking signing everyone under the sun. Look where they are. Yeah. Well, they're not having the greatest series. But they're not, they're not
0: even in first place in their own division.
1: Well, that division's loaded. I know.
0: Especially now the Giants. Yeah, I don't know what that came from. I don't from. know either. But, the Diamondbacks um, are horrible, though.
1: Yeah, they'd probably sweep the Yankees, you know, because the Tigers swept the Yankees. Sure they would.
0: Sure they would. Um, I mean, there's not too much on the Mets here, but they're actually a fun baseball team to watch.
1: The problem with the Mets is that, you know, same thing with the Knicks Injury that I, I said to you at one point. Like, are Mets fans getting a little too hyped that they're beating below 500 teams, but they've only beat above 500 teams? What did the SNY graphics show last night? Like, five times they've only beaten above 500 yeah. teams? They've had one of the easiest schedules in baseball.
0: But it also says something to me last night that, you know, they beat up Joe Musgrove a little bit. You know, they win the night. They Did they win the night before? I forget. No, they lost, I think. Well, they lost 2 nothing the night before. So they didn't score any runs. So, you know, that's, you know, a thing here in New York City where yeah most times the baseball teams don't hit hunting for runs. But... I mean, the Mets got thirteen hits last night. Most of that, I think, most of them off of. Um, they hit
1: Musgrove pretty pretty well.
0: Yeah, eight hits off of Musgrove last the night. The
1: fact that they are doing what they are doing with the lineup they have right now is right. unbelievable.
0: We looked at the lineup last night. Here was the lineup last night: Billy McKinney in right field, legend. Off. Yes, Lindor, Alonzo, Dom Smith cleaning up.
1: That's good. Two, three, four is good.
0: Yeah, Pilar. Who's? Yeah. I mean,
1: he's not really a five hitter, but sure,
0: he's not I mean, hitting two fifty, which is I think is good for Kevin Pillar. I mean, yeah, not you, get, bad. you get that every day, and then you put him in center field for his defense. Uh, Nito, who's hitting two fifty eight, is the best catcher on the team right now because James McCann is kind of useless, even though he was doing pretty good when he played first base. Yeah, he did. First that seemed games. to
1: you know light a light a uh, flame under his behind.
0: And then playing second base was Travis Blankenhorn, who the fuck is that guy? Uh, jo- <laughs> Jonathan Villar, who's um, serviceable. I mean, he's good. he's been good since J.D. Davis hasn't been playing. He's good on the base pass, though. I've been saying that past couple weeks. He's good on the base pass. I'd take him over Gary Sanchez any day. And then uh, Brandon Drury pinch hit last night, and then uh, Mason Williams, don't even know who that is. And Jose Perez has been playing third base and second base here and there. But until they get everybody back, we're not going to be like 100% that the Mets are back. I know they're in first place still in this division, which is horrendous. When, is, when,
1: are, when are they supposed to get players back? You know, Conforto and McNeil are probably out months.
0: Late, late June, July, ish.
1: Nimmo? What about Nimo? Yeah, I don't know. JD Davis seems to be having
0: setback after setback after setback. Cindergar? I don't even think Cindergar's gonna pitch this year. Carrasco? I think is like around that Conforto June or July time. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting Lugo back is huge, though. That yep. that's good. Um, but yeah, right now this division, they're. Atlanta's three and a, they have a three and a half game lead over Atlanta right now, at twenty eight and twenty three. They're just kind of hanging on here. They win today with um, Stroman on the mound. I forget were they winning, but they were winning one nothing.
1: Before. I think they're up two nothing now.
0: But they take two out of three against San Diego Padres. You come back and you feel really good about that. You feel really really good about your team there, especially because you said this lineup that they got, not their a lineup. No, not even close. No. Can we give some good? Is there is there room to give some credit to Luis Rojas a little bit here? I guess I. <laughs> he
1: hasn't done anything stupid to, uh, right.
0: except you know at these random times where he pulls guys out. You know, yeah. That that's the that's the one thing on Luis Rojas that we yeah, put an X on a little bit. I don't know. The Met, but the Mets are actually an entertaining team to watch.
1: Do we think the firing of Chili Davis actually did anything?
0: I think. The, except
1: make Pete Alonso cry.
0: I think the made up, hitting coach did more. Who was
1: than it, what think. was his name?
0: Donnie Stevenson.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what that. There was
0: like a three week stretch where it was just yeah. Donnie. I'm Stevenson. pretty sure Pete Alonso made it up. It, it was him. It was Donnie Stevenson. Then next week it was the Rat Raccoon BS, and then you know, the Mets are. It's always something off the field. Hey, the
1: if the they Mets. win games, who the hell cares? Who the hell
0: cares? Is right. Um, hopefully, Lindor, hopefully, uh, Francisco Lindor here can uh, start getting. It. He's over 200 now. You said he's actually hitting 222, which is I think a
1: it shows how much he's year. improved
0: so far this year yeah defense is no question defense has been fantastic all year long yeah um but yeah they still got it. Luis Giorme still hurt Nimmo still hurt Almora after running in face full of wall <laughs> still hurt uh Patrick Maika's on the four, on the 40 man wow I don't know but you look at these you look at this bench you're like wow who the hell are these people Cameron Maybin actually got a hit last week which was amazing he was 0 for his first twenty seven or twenty eight or something horrendous. But yeah, as far as the, as far as like the starters go, McNeil, Conforto, or the big and Nimo are probably the big ones that they're missing right now. But I think Nimo's and J D Davis, of course. But I think they get Nimo back first, and then J D, and then we'll wait on McNeil and Conforto once they're healthy. they're this is a good team, very good team. <sighs> but yeah, they they could take two or three. That'd be fantastic. That would State be. Then they play. Or this
1: was a four game series, wasn't it? was a four game series. Yeah, they
0: got one more. They got uh so
1: No, they they lost Thursday 4-3. Oh
0: no, you're right. Tonight's the last one.
1: Yeah, they lost 2 nothing and then they won 4 nothing and mm-hmm. so this is for the split. And then they play them again for 3 next week at City Field. After That's going to be a hot ticket.
0: After they go to Baltimore for two games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're facing Matt Harvey again. Good. That's good. Um yeah, but Yeah, Baltimore at Baltimore, San Diego the Cubs and then at the Washington Nationals.
1: The 11th is the first day that Citi Field is being opened up to a lot more vaccinated people, too. I think it's like 80% or something like that. Got
0: to get to Citi Field this year. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. But, yeah, important games coming up for the Mets as they're coming down the stretch here. They got to gotta keep up in first place here. Some division games coming up. They got at Washington and then Atlanta, Philadelphia. They're going to be playing the division a lot. I think the next... Outside of the Baltimore, San Diego, and Chicago series, one, two, three, four. Well, that's a makeup game. Four. They have four straight series within the division, and then they take on the Yankees in early June or July. So a lot of division games coming up. So that's going to be important. So got to keep up this pace. You win two and three in San Diego. Hopefully, you sweep the lowly Baltimore Orioles, and then you go from there against uh, Chicago. The Mets got good stuff looking up. All right, we'll break one more time. We come back. Uh, Makai Becton in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. The Jets going to the Isles game, supporting the Islanders in the playoff run. We'll discuss a little Islander hockey and uh, whatever else we feel like because it's our show. We do what we want. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Tri-State Beat has partnered up with Southside Productions to bring the podcast to the next level. Southside Productions features an already impressive yet small roster of podcasts, including everyone's third favorite baseball podcast, Take a pitch. Us, along with everyone else at Southside Productions, are working hard to bring the best sports media content to you, the listener. So do us a favor and check us out at www.southsideprod.com. That's southsideprod.com and follow us on all major social media platforms. And now, back to the show. All right, so a little bit of Jets. Mackay in a little bit in the news for really all the wrong reasons. Planter fasciitis. Doesn't need surgery, but is pr- uh, questionable to be ready for training camp. Obviously, we've had concerns over Mackay's rookie year with injuries and whatnot. Missed some time because, let's be honest, the Jets mishandled so many injuries in the Adam Gase era. It was unreal. We know all about it. We're not going to harp on it. But, pal, concern level right now. I know it's only OTAs. We should be thankful that he was there to begin with, though but um, concern level right now with Makai.
1: Uh, it's getting, it's getting up there. I mean, I'm not, like, you know, freaking out, but well, it's...
0: If it's, if he misses time in training camp, then I'll be concerned.
1: Yeah. It's just the fact that we're still talking about his weight and we're going into his second season. Right. Like, I understand it's a different coaching staff, and, you know, they probably have different ideas about what they want from him, but, you know, we talk, they talked about in college, oh, like, he just has to watch his weight. Then he said at the combine, then he had his weight under control, and... Then, you know, he, he again said he had his weight under control, but then, you know, he's a little overweight, and the Jets said they want him to lose weight, and this never-ending cycle can't keep continuing. And now, you know, he seemed to be always banged up in, like, every game he played. Yeah. And now, you know, plantar fasciitis it doesn't seem like a very good injury for a big man.
0: Well, especially, honestly, well, I mean, you're on your feet all the time playing football, but yeah. especially when you're in the trenches, it doesn't help.
1: No. it Like, this is an injury, you know, the shoulder injury or whatever... You know, I, I don't, but, like,
0: anything with your legs or your
1: feet when you're that big, I think, is going to be problematic.
0: Especially your franchise left tackle. Like, it's one thing if this is, like, your...
1: Greg Van Roden.
0: Yeah. I'm not too concerned yet. I think, like like I said, once training camp hits, and if he's missing, especially the new coach, like, a new regime, like, you want to get everybody on the right track at the same time. You want Makai back, your franchise left tackle, a guy you put a first-round pick into and invested in, He's your guy that's going to be there for the next five to ten years, we hope. But, again, the Jets also have to be careful with this. It's It could be a lot worse, though, let's be honest. Like, it could require surgery. He could be missing time. He could be missing up until the start of the season. But um, I think the Jets really just told him rest and, you know, keeping off it, which, you know, will help him out a little bit. But um, I know we haven't talked much football as far as OTAs because I think we're going to wait for for, uh, for training camp, but – um, from what we've seen, from what we've read, you know, Zach Wilson's looked pretty good, I think, right? Um, you know, is isn't the only action that we've seen. Uh, Michael Carter, the running, is it Michael Carter, the running back? That's, uh, you know, been a story here that's, you know, standing out a little bit in camp. I, I think, think both of
1: them are. The Michael Carter of the corner has been, uh, getting first team reps and OTAs, and the running back has also, I think, been getting some good reps, on offense, I think the main guy that's been impressing on offense has been Elijah Moore, though.
0: Yeah, especially now because uh, Jamison Crowder is away from the team because of contract negotiation issues. Or not issues, but I think the Jets are looking to restructure his contract. And uh, cause... Yeah,
1: I wonder if that has anything to do with Elijah Moore, You know what they're seeing in OTAs. Because they play the same position, obviously.
0: Right, and it's they have 80-plus guys there, too. So, basically, I mean, that's a good portion of the team that's there. So, I think it's Crowder and somebody else that's not here. Mims was
1: it's. missing, and then I think he came back, but he was
0: sick or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's another concern, Oh, too. Carl Lawson isn't there. Right.
1: Oh. Which is a great look for a newly signed free agent, but... Apparently, yeah. he's sending videos to Olbrek every day about him doing workouts, so...
0: Yeah, it's, it's all voluntary, so I'm not going to bother worrying about it. It's nice, though, that they got 80 guys to show yeah, up. Definitely.
1: Especially CJ, too. Like, yeah. CJ's apparently looking really good.
0: Right. But, um, yeah, the Crowder thing I thought was interesting. I'm not too really concerned. I think the Jets just want to restructure his deal. He's probably making a little too much money. I don't remember exactly how much money he's making per year. But especially on a young team, too, he's probably making a lot more money than he probably should at this point, you know, under a new head coach and all that stuff. And a kind of turnover for a young team kind of thing. Um, would you be surprised if it ended up, you know, if they can't figure something out that if Crowder gets cut, I wouldn't be totally surprised because there was rumors about that before the draft that if the Jets drafted two wide receivers or even, you know, just one maybe, the possibility of Crowder being cut.
1: It wouldn't surprise me. I've seen reports saying that it's prob- it's not at a state right now where it's going to lead to a release. Mm-hmm. Um, But they can completely cut ties. I don't think they have any dead money. They can gain like $10 million in cap space, I think, if they do it. Um, so it wouldn't shock me, but I don't really see that becoming, you know, the, the outcome of this scenario, especially since, you know, Joe Douglas obviously realizes that he can't just neglect weapons for his rookie quarterback anymore. Yep. So I would be very surprised if, um, Joe Douglas cuts ties with one of the best slot receivers in football statistically over the past couple of years. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And safety blanket, too. Such a big safety blanket for Sam when he was here. and I think yeah. he, he'd definitely be the same thing for, for Zach going into this year. Islanders hockey, baby. Yeah. yeah, You want to talk about a fun team to watch right now? The Islanders are probably the most fun team in New York to be watching right now.
1: There's nothing like playoff hockey. No.
0: Winning that game last... So many overtime games, too. I think the last two games have been in the overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, no. Last night was an overtime. I think I two it was, and four. Two, no, games two and three were in overtime. Two and three. Two yeah. and three in overtime. We watched game four last night. Yeah. Islanders winning 4 1. Barzell had the game winning goal last night. That was good for him. Uh, screw the Boston Bruins. We don't want them to do anything good. Um, what do you like from the Islanders, pal?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think people kind of counted them out. I think people saw how good the Bruins were in their first round series. Yeah. Um, against, they played the Capitals, right? Yeah. And they, they swept them. They swept them, yeah. The Islanders, you know, fought against a very good Pittsburgh team and came out on top, but holy crap, Luca! <laughs> Sorry. Um, Yeah, I think this is a very, you know, sought-after series. People were excited for it, and it's li- living up to expectations. I mean, the Islanders, I mean, you know, Barzell needs to be that guy, and last night he proved that he was. Mm-hmm um
0: and he's the best 13 in the area joe
1: yes 100 percent um you know they're getting good goaltending whether it's varlamov or um sorokin mm. i think you should probably start riding one but uh, you know whatever works
0: they did that last year too no they had great yeah, they always they seem Grice to flip flop last year
1: but hey you know they keep saying that they want to keep trying to play one more game at the Coliseum. While well, they achieved that last night, they'll be playing at least one more game at the Crowd Coliseum. crazy there. Yeah, it looks unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I think if you're an Islander fan, you're feeling decent going into Game 5 in Boston. And I think if you can win Game 5, you have a really good chance to, you know, close out the series in in, in the Coliseum. Not just, obviously, because they're up 3-2, but, like, I think you'll kind of stun the Bruins if you beat them in the Garden in mm-hmm. Game 5.
0: Yeah. How about our boy Kyle Palmieri? Yeah, what an addition. Five, for goal, him. five goals in the playoffs so far. It's a great trade by Lou. Mm-hmm. Travis Ajak finally getting some playing time here. That's good to see. Good for him. Yeah, the Islanders are a fun team to watch. I mean, I know we don't talk a lot of hockey here, but playoff hockey is a different story.
1: It is. It's fantastic. I. It honestly might be the most fun playoffs to watch.
0: Sure. Because of, like, the
1: intensity, the crowd makes just a... a Unbelievable difference.
0: So, I wish our tape was in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, we have the fourth overall pick. Maybe we'll get uh, Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes.
0: That's not a guarantee, right? He it's not a guarantee, but it's a
1: high possibility, I think. Well, I thought he was supposed to be the number one pick, though. Uh, some kid named Owen Power from Michigan is supposed to be the number one pick. He's like
0: 6'5, Go like blue.
1: 230.
0: Like University of Michigan? Yeah. Go
1: blue. We have like three kids, I'm pretty sure, in like the top 10.
0: They have a good program. It's
1: like hit or miss, I feel like. They either are sick or they're like not very good.
0: Who's like the best college hockey team right now?
1: Quinnipiac. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um Well, Minnesota Duluth won like three of the last five championships, I think. Mm. UMass won this year and was in the national championship last year. Um obviously North Dakota's always up there. Bleh. Bleh. Um
0: BCBU is always I know you love Yale. <laughs> they didn't even play the season. That's right. Oh, boy. All right. That's all we got. I think we covered everything pretty much. Uh, of course, check out the, everybody on the Southside Productions Network. Take a pitch uh, from the Tips Golf Podcast. I'm sure they had a lot to talk about the past two weeks because uh, John Rom got COVID. He's not, he had a six shot lead, right? and yeah. uh, had to forfeit his spot. And, uh, of course, Phil reminding everybody that he's the best, and he won the PGA. Love that. Love that. Love, that. Love Phil. Go lefty. Um, from the tips, the uh, on the Power Play Hockey podcast, they're in the middle of the playoffs right now, so they're an exciting one to listen to, so give them a listen and all that good stuff. Everybody else on the good old Southside Productions Network and check out the website, www.southsideprod.com. All right, that does it for us. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Tri-State Sports Beat. Uh, we'll see you next week. Of course, follow us on all socials at Pod Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 862-260-4315 is the phone number. So call us, leave us a voicemail, and you can be a part of the show with a question, a comment, or whatever you want. I don't care. Just call the number, would you please? All right. <laughs> we'll see you next week. We love you. Goodbye. Namaste, and keep listening to the Tri-State Beat.
1: Goodbye.
0: Magazine, salt and pepper and heavy D up in the lumber And hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rapper like Mr. Magic Molly Mall. Hello, Brooklyn. I love your corners, I'm happy so so. I love your corners, I'm happy so so. I love your corners, I'm happy so so.